So again, welcome to our study in First Peter. And uh, with that, let's just go ahead and get started, and we'll um, talk through a few of these questions on the front end of our time together. Father, I thank you so much for um, just the way in which you have uh, sovereignly ordained um, the body of Christ to um, be your hands and feet um, in this world. Uh, Father, as we look into your scriptures in First Peter, we can't help but be um, amazed at the way in which you have um, uh, given us, uh, resourced us, and given us the necessary tools um, within your scriptures, within your word, um, to be able to minister to one another um, in the midst of great uh, tragedy, great pain, um, trials, and uh, things that uh, really cause us to um, become more like you uh, or push us away from you, Father. And I just ask that as we go through and look at uh, your scriptures this morning, Father, I pray that you would speak to each one of us. I pray that you would um, convict each one of us of areas in our lives that uh, need to be um, questioned and uh, looked at as far as um, where our priorities are and what matters most. And uh, Father, may you, uh, may your spirit um, just really infuse and infect um, our conversations, um, that they be God-honoring and Christ-exalting. And Father, we ask that your spirit would enable um, the words that we that I say to accomplish the purposes that you have for this morning's time. Father, I pray that you would be in our midst and that you'd be glorious as a result. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, good. So, first question I asked here was, uh, um, read Hebrews 2, 10 and 11, and 5, 8 and 9. Um, help each other out. question I had here wasn't Jesus perfect. Um, obviously, I think we all would, what? <laughs> Say that he is right. I mean, obviously he is. He's a son of God. Um, so, but the, but the, the but the verses seem to be a little bit kind of confusing, maybe, or or maybe they're actually leading us to a, um, more insight to um, this whole perspective of what suffering is. Anyway, he says, in what way? Uh, our question was, in what way was Jesus um, quote perfected or quote made perfect through suffering? Um, what do you think? Okay, made perfect through his suffering is what the scriptures say, right? So that mean? Okay. So in what way was that um, in his life made, making him perfect? Obedience is the words that I'm hearing here. Obedience. Okay. So in what way does obe- so so draw me the picture? Explain to me what what was the portion of obedience that he. Um, how was he uh, obedient um, that whole context? Suffering away in the garden. Yeah. Uh-huh. But not my will, okay. your will. Yes. My will, your will, correct. Right. Yeah. I think that's little- uh-huh. He emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Okay, even death on a cross. And so he, he humbled himself to become obedient. So, is the word perfected or made perfect here the same way we use it, do you think? I don't think why, why or why not, do you think? Anyway, well, how might it be proven here? Proven always comes to my okay. mind. Some Proven's a good word. Um, he was perfect, and he proved himself to be perfect. Okay. By, you know, I mean, it, you know, it probably takes this a little bit into the next question. I can sit here and say I have perfect, I can sit here and have perfect peace. Until something comes my way to poke me and nudge me, and 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 so I need to just bore that perfectly and proved himself to be perfect. It's really hard for me to explain. Yeah. You know, but that's that's where um, you know where I might not always do that, but he did it, and his testimony is that he went through. He went through some testing. Testing. Yeah. Walked this life, yep. and did these things. Testimony was, you know, he was challenged along the way, hungry and crabby, yep. and all of these things. Yep. But he proved himself to be perfect yep. by so, all but, these things being allowed in his life. So. And by uh, according to, I think it was two ten that uh, that he 
or in that ver- that, cha- that that context, that he actually submitted himself. He submitted himself to, like you said, Marlene, to the will of God. Right? He he put himself within the context of the oversight of God's will as being something more important than him himself, which is what um, we read here in Philippians. Okay, so so. So what implications does that have to our lives when we're in the midst of suffering, do you think? Well, as Jesus did all about himself, okay. um, he made it be about the will of the Father, okay. so that would be an implication. Huge implication, um, right? As we sit here and about me, okay. which is usually why I react. Yep. When my expectations aren't met, when this isn't happening, when I'm all of these things, I make it all about me rather than realizing God is allowing this in my life. How am I to demonstrate Perfect. Yeah, it's by obedience. Yeah, and so through obedience, what we see in our lives as trials um, come our way, um, we actually—if you think about the word perfected—I um, think I heard Herb say, you know, doesn't that in other passages speak of coming becoming complete? And that's exactly what it means. In other words, it's the idea of the fact that Jesus Christ um, brought Himself. If you think about it from the con- from the concept of completing a mission, that's what perfection is. It's taking it to the nth degree. A couple of verses before that, I think it's uh, eight or nine in Hebrews, says that he drank um, the bitter cup um, to the very end, and he drank it all to make to bring many sons to glory. Right, and so that is the it's taking it to the all, all the way to the end. All the way through the trial, all the way through the situation, to complete us. If we if we bug out halfway from from what was God's will, what if Jesus had bugged out halfway from what was God's will, what he never would have accomplished bringing many sons to glory, would he have? Our salvation, and our redemption would have been absolutely, utterly. Um, not complete, and and so, so if that was God's will for Christ, doesn't it make sense based upon our study of chapter one so far, verses six through nine, that all of our trials and and situations in our lives um, are 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 about God transforming us and taking us through those to bring us to full completion. Because there's something about that trial based upon the sovereignty of God that has, that, that has um, Mark written over it. <laughs> has, has Mark written over it. And, and that's an important thing to understand. And so it has huge implications in my life. Why would I want to bug out early? I guess that's the best way to put it. Right? Why would I want to bug out early if, if my goal in my life is to please God and, and become more like Him, but like Christ? That, that's the most important goal. And if that's the most important goal, then I would not want to bug out early. Okay? So, read First Peter one twenty two through 25 Because we have been born again, what is our primary God-given purpose? What did you come up with there? Brotherly love. Brotherly love. Um, we're going to talk quite a bit about that today. Um, brotherly love. Loving one another. Okay, So, according to the context of chapter 1, where is this to be most evidenced, do you think? This is kind of a hard one. But, but you should catch, you should have caught the drift from everything we've Among talked about. The Among the brethren, for sure. And what? What we do. What we, it's, it's, it's evidenced in what we do for what others. This is the key thing I want to get at. In suffering. It opens an entirely new vista to us. In suffering. Why would he be just saying that when he just finished talking about the trials that are in our lives? It's in suffering, which is where the context is for the brethren. Makes sense? Okay? Makes sense? Yes. So, we're going to build on that. I'm going to leave the last two here till the end of our time together, and I want to, want to bring that home with that, those last two questions, along with a few other things at the end of our time together um, today. So, if you would, um, turn, your, um, turn to the first second page there, and uh, um, I want to uh, talk 
I'll just give you, I'm going to flip through four quick slides, if you weren't here last week, of what David, Dave talked, Dave Torres talked about, because he spoke about verses um, uh, uh, 18 through 21, knowing that you were not redeemed with perishable things like silver and gold for your futile way of life inherited from your forefathers, but with precious blood as of a lamb, unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ. For he was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but has appeared in these last times for the sake of you who through him are believers in God who raised him from the dead and gave him glory why so that your faith and hope are in God they're in God okay so he talked about know uh, what you have been redeemed from it, and and that's really found in in, in Ephesians our, our intellectually uh, being intellectually futile, ignorant of God's truth, spiritually more, morally calloused and depraved in mind. That's what we've been redeemed from. And then he talks about what we're we redeemed with. The, the precious blood as of a lamb, the blood of Christ. And the thing that I want to leave with you at the bottom here is that why is it so precious? It's because his blood is atoning in nature. Atoning. It is the only thing that takes away sin, our sin. It's atoning in nature. Okay? So it, we've been redeemed with the precious blood of Christ. So what we've been redeemed with, what we've been redeemed by, we've been redeemed by Christ. By Christ, who was foreknown, appeared, resurrected, and is ascended, and God gave him glory. By Christ. And last but not least, um, he says, um, know that you've been redeemed for. And he says here, for he was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but is appearing these last times for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead, gave him glory, so your faith and hope are in God. So um, we've been redeemed for, uh, uh, our redemption is for the sake of us, who are believers in God, so that our faith and hope are in God. Last but not least, we've been redeemed for. Um, this is the key thing. So that we can have faith and hope in God. And again, just like Anne said, when? In trials. In trials. Okay? So now he's going to build on that. And, and he's going to talk about how we do that. Um, so I've entitled our time together today, Supernatural Love. Supernatural Love. If there ever was a time where, um, uh, if there ever was a topic that has um, I've been kind of centered on for quite some time, um, it, th- these themes seem, seem to come to me over over the last fifteen years here, and um, and I could spend all day talking about these themes. Um, but the one that I'm I'm in the midst of right now is love, and it's so fascinating that that. Um, that our study today has coincided with our study on trials and then also on what we're going to talk about today, um, just for me personally. And so um, I, could, I could tell you a testimony uh, to this uh, and take up our whole time, but I, I won't. Um, but our today's learning objective is that we would learn how to love the body of Jesus Christ well. And when we get done today, I hope you'll, you'll see why this is so important. Um, especially in the midst of trials, as we just said. Uh, that we are in, and which I'm going to say are yet to come in our lives. Do you believe that um, some of us are in trials right now? Yeah, we are. There are some um, in this room. There's some in our church. But there's some trials that are going on right now. And uh, and I would suggest that uh, if you're not in a trial, that that there are some coming. and And only God knows what these look like. Um, but they are in His divine providence and in His will for our lives. Um, so I'd like to uh, read, um, if I could, um, 1 Peter one twenty two through 25 out loud. Uh, Since you have in obedience to the truth purified your souls for a sincere love of the brethren, fervently love one another from the heart. For you have been born again, not of sea, which is perishable, but imperishable. That is the living and abiding word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The flower, the grass withers, and the flower falls off, but the word of the Lord abides forever. Amen. And this is the word which was preached to you. This is the word that was preached to you. 
Well, I wanted to open our time with uh, um, setting the table here. And uh, in, in order to do so, let me read a quick uh, story. Um, while, on a three, while on a threefold scaffold at a construction site one day, a building engineer tripped and toward the ground in what appeared to be a fatal plummet. Right below the scaffold, a laborer looked up just as the man fell. He realized he was standing exactly where the engineer would land. He braced himself and absorbed the full impact of the other man's fall. The impact slightly injured the engineer, but severely hurt the laborer. The brutal collision fractured almost every bone in his body, and he recovered from those injuries, but he was severely disabled. Years later, a reporter asked the former construction laborer um, uh, how uh, the engineer had treated him since the accident. The handicapped man told the reporter, he gave me half of all he owns, including a share of his business. He is constantly concerned about my needs, and he never lets me want for anything. Almost every day he gives me some token of thanks or remembrance. You know, I wonder how much our gratitude is similar to that laborer's or to that engineer's gratitude to that laborer when we think about what's what the precious blood of Christ has done in our lives you know do we do we is is it a daily thing that we 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 are thankful for and and how in the world could we not be be thankful for what Christ has done in our life oh my goodness it should take us to our knees. It should take us to a place of brokenness. It, we should be living in a place of gratitude and living in a place of obedience. Well, I want to set the table for what we want to talk about today. Um, first of all, God so loved us. God so loved us. He has redeemed us. He has redeemed us. Because our, of our sin, in order to rescue us, God poured out His wrath on Christ, our perfect sacrifice, once for all, for all time, and for all sin. So turn with me, if you would, to um, uh, verse 19. He says, And he was, we were redeemed, quote, with the precious blood as of a lamb, unblenished and spotless, the very blood of Christ. Turn with me to chapter 224. 224. Would somebody read um, that out loud for us? By his wounds we have been healed, and that we that he he died uh, that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. Um, turn with me to Isaiah fifty three, Isaiah fifty three in the Old Testament. Somebody want to read verse five out loud? Anybody? Okay, so he was pierced through for our transgressions. Notice the words for throughout this whole verse. For our iniquities, for our transgressions, for our well-being. Um, and as a result, we are healed. Um, amazing thing, our uh, redemption. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter... Um, let's look at chapter 10. Hebrews 10, verses 9 and 10, and verse 12. Somebody will read that out loud. Hebrews 10, verses 9 and 10 and 12. By this I've been sanctified uh, 12. And 12, right. But he having offered that down at the... Amen. Um, without turning to it, 1 John 3, 1 says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us and that he would call us children of God. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. That, that, just, that verse for me just, I well up every time I hear it. That he would call us children of God, Amen. Um, so he's not only has he redeemed us, but he's given this us this incredible living hope. We've just looked at this throughout all of chapter one, the salvation that has a living hope. He has a plan for us for eternity, which cannot be matched. It cannot be matched. In fact, Paul says in Corinthians, he says, "Eye has not seen, ear has not hear, heard, nor has ever even entered into the into the mind of man all that God has prepared for those who love Him." Wow, wow! So he's, God so loved us. So because of God's great love, we should love God. We should love God. First um, John chapter um, four, verse nineteen. 1 John 4, verse 19 says, We love because He first loved us. So we love God because He first loved us. So as a result of that, we should love Him. Um, 2 Corinthians 5, verses 21 and 22. 
2 Corinthians 5, verses 21 and 22. Uh, 21, I'm sorry. Um, he made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf, that he might become the righteousness of God in him. Um, and uh, I think I got the wrong path there. I'm sorry. Um, first Corinthians. No, 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 no. Oh, uh, I think it's 14 and 15, I'm sorry. The love of Christ controls us, having concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died. And He died for all, that they who live should no longer live for themselves, but for Him who died and rose again on their behalf. So we should love God. We should live for Him, not ourselves. The second reason for God's great love, because of His great love, is that we should love others. We should love others. We're going to talk more about this one. First um, John chapter three, verse fourteen and sixteen. First John chapter three, verses fourteen and sixteen and eighteen. Would somebody read those for us out loud? Fourteen, sixteen, and eighteen of First John three. So that we have passed out of the brothers. By this we know love that he laid down his lives for our brothers. Not love in words. Okay, and, and turn over to chapter four, verse seven. Through 12, he says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. By this the love of God was manifested in us, that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world, so that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the satisfaction or the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has beheld God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us, and His love is perfected in us. I love that. Love one another, but God and God abides in us, and His love is perfected in us when we love one another. When we love one another. So let me let me give you the therefore on this. Therefore, learning how to love well should become. Here you go. This is this is the whole. This is the theme of everything we're going to talk about. Our greatest personal priority. Our greatest personal priority. Matthew 22, 37 and 39 basically says, you know, somebody asked Jesus, he said, like, you know, what are, what's the most important thing for me to do? And he said, love God with all my heart, my soul, my mind, and what? Love my neighbor as myself. And that is that's the highest priority in our life. And my question, as we embark upon our time together today, that I want you to really personally engage in is, is, is that your highest priority? Your highest priority. Okay? We're going to come back to that. Um, loving God, loving others. Okay? And then last but not least here is the highest goal of our instruction and teaching. 1 Timothy 1.5. 1 Timothy 1.5, I'll read it for you, um, says... But the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. The goal of our instruction is love. So the very essence, the theme, the undergirding, the, 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 the whole context of all the things we should be talking about as we teach the Scriptures, all the things we talk about as we, um, as we preach, all the things we talk about as we mentor and we coach and we... Uh, and we um, uh, counsel, and we care. All of those things have to have this goal, which is that the 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 perspective is that we are really poor at loving as nat- natural beings, and that and that this has to be our highest priority. And according to the scriptures, this is how we will be known by others. So we're, what we're going to find here is that our goal is not to love others. Uh, out, out, Outside, not our primary goal isn't to love out, outside the body, but to love the body. And that the, those outside the body see that and they go, wow, there's something different there. It's not to say we shouldn't love them, but the primary purpose of what the Scriptures teach is that we need to know how to love each other well. Well, well, well. Okay? So I'm going to talk about four things today. I'm going to talk about... Um, when we were enabled to love, who we were, in it, who, who we are to love, how we're to love, and why we're to love. When we're when we were enabled to love, who we are to love, how we are to love, 
and why we are to love. Okay? He says in verse 22, Since you have in obedience to the truth purified your souls. What Peter is saying here is literally because... One would read this, one could read this and say, you know, well, that means that I have a part in my salvation, right? I've purified my soul. But the, the, the actual context of the, of the language doesn't, doesn't take you there. Okay? It literally is like, because your souls were purified by God at the time when you acted by faith in, in obedience to the truth that you heard. Does that make sense? Okay? So, because you believed and you acted on that belief at the time when God saved you, purified your soul, dot, dot, dot. Make sense? Okay? Um, As believers, we receive the capacity to demonstrate supernatural love at the moment of our salvation. So when were we enabled to love? At the moment of salvation. Turn turn with me to Romans 5.5. Romans 5, verse 5. Would somebody read that out loud? So the, the, uh, God's love has been poured out, dumped out in our life. When? When the Holy Spirit took up residence in our life. When's that? The moment of salvation. That's when, our, that's when God's love was poured out or dumped into our life. That's, how, that's, that's when we received His love. Because when you look up love in the dictionary, what do you find? Well, you don't really... <laughs> You should find a picture of God there. Because <laughs> He's the definition of love, right? We know love because what? He first loved us, right? Make sense? Okay? So that's when we were enabled to love, at the moment of salvation. And God did this work of purifying us, not us ourselves. God did the work of purifying us, not us ourselves. Um, okay? So that's when we were enabled to love. So, let's talk next about... Um, oh, by the way, in the New Testament, obedience is a synonym for faith. Obedience is a synonym for faith. What we see so many times is that um, it says, and because they believed, they did these things, right? Take a look at Hebrews 11, right? That's the whole chapter is that of faith, right? But it, doesn't, it says, they demonstrated faith by doing this, this, this. Walking with God. You know, looking for a city whose maker and builder is God. All the way through that chapter is 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 the demonstration of of the internal decision, according to Hebrews eleven one, that they've already made. That's how faith is demonstrated, is through action. Okay. So when we were enabled to love at a moment of our salvation, who are we to love? Um, it says for love of the brethren. So the love of the brethren. This word uh, Philadelphia. Um, is, the, is, our, is our primary target for our love, uh, which is our brothers and sisters in Christ who are in His church. So those who are in the church, who are in the body of Christ, they are our primary target to love. Turn with me to 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 9. 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 9. Somebody got that? Read it out loud. Okay, so who, so his love was poured out in our hearts at the moment of salvation by the Holy Spirit, and um, how we're supposed to go about um, loving them is he says that God has taught us that it, it is innate in a believer that the right thing to do is to love one another. That's his point. He says you have no need for anybody to teach you these things. Um, he says that, that uh, the love of the brethren, you have no need for anyone to write to you, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love one another. What's fascinating in this, this verse 9 with, is interesting. Phil, uh, Philadelphia is where? Where do you find this, this, this verb in, in here? It's love of the brethren, right? That's Philadelphia. But you go, keep going. He says, but you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. That word is agape love. So you're to love the brethren with agape love. <laughs> That's the kind of love that you need to have in order to have Philadelphia love. Uh, that's the point there. So God is going to use this attractive love to be a magnet, a magnet for a lost world and awaken it to its need for a Savior. That's what the Scriptures teach. 
It says that they that, that by by the, the this magnetic by this incredibly um, wooing love that is not demonstrated in the world that is on display in the church amongst brothers and sisters in Christ that that love it, and, and I'll, I'll add in the midst of trials okay um, as a key place where that's on on fire. Okay, it, that it, that is something that is so very different than the world, um, and 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 we're going to find out why because the world's love almost invariably, for the most part, has strings attached or reasons behind it or uh, uh, motivations that have other reasons for doing those things, as opposed to what. We're going to learn is that is is that we please God through, by doing these things. Um, so let's keep going. Who are we to love? Love the brethren. Uh, when were we enabled to love? Um, at the, at the moment of salvation. So let's talk about how we're how we are to love. How we are to love. He says, for sincere love, fervently love one another from the heart. Th- this word I should have probably put this up above under um, who. Okay, but but that word for in the text. Literally is is, is a is a reason statement. It's a for this, and so the the primary reason we've been rescued and redeemed is to love the brethren, love the brethren. Um, so we, how are we to love? I want to give you three ways that we are to love according to the text, and I want to explain each one of them. Okay, the first one is that we are to love sincerely, sincerely. Anybody got a thought about what the word sincerely might mean? Pardon me. Honestly, okay. What what might that mean when we talk about loving honestly? Then, okay, okay, and, and because God didn't have any benefits or motives behind His love for us, okay, it was that He loved us. In fact, if if the truth be told, He He He, he wouldn't need to, and He didn't. You know, we weren't lovely <laughs> at that time, right? And so that's exactly the point: is that it's honest, it's it's pure, it's. It's not multi-dimensional. It's it's straightforward. What other thoughts? Okay, so we are to love sincerely. This means in the, in the text, it actually means this idea of being without wax, without wax, um, without wax. What do I mean by that? Um, so, in the marketplace, what they used to do, I think you've heard the, me tell the story about sincerely. It, it comes out of the Philippian sincerely, um, which we'll take a look at here. But they. They used to have uh, pot, pottery, clay pottery, and they would, if something got cracked on it, they would literally fill it up with wax. And then they just cover it over with some kind of paint that looked similar. And, and you, in, in, the, in, the, in the stores, you know, in the market, you'd never know the difference because it's kind of dark in there and everything, okay? Um, but what they would do, um, if, if you were a knowledgeable person, is you'd take it before you bought it, you take it out in the sunshine, and you'd hold it up to the sun, and you'd be able to see through the wax, through through, through the paint, to see the wax and the light shining through, would would demonstrate the crack in it, if you would. And and when it means without wax, it means it has no wax in it. It's pure. It's sincere. It's it's not cracked. It has it is it is it is perfect in that way, if that makes sense. So uh, motivations are, are pure. Um, or to be without hypocrisy. A lot of us know what a hypocrisy is, like two-faced, right? Or, or having a mask on that's not your really real self, right? Um, and so <clears throat> when we look at that, what we see is that um, uh, Romans 12.9 basically says, let your love be without hypocrisy. Without hypocrisy. Let your love for the brethren be without hypocrisy. Okay, only su- only supernatural or spirit empowered love can p- completely be sincere. Earthly or natural love is not. Is not. I, 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 I almost invariably say, you know, show me one situation where it is, and I, I'm, you know, I mean, it might, yeah, I, you know. So I'd say like ninety five percent or higher of all the love that's demonstrated ends up being um, not sincere um, in this way. That we're talking about biblically here. Um, so we are to love sincerely. We're to love sincerely. The second thing we're to love is um, we are to love um, fervently. It says, for sincere love, fervently love one another. 
fervently love one another. What does the idea of fervently mean, do you think? What, what, what kind of connotations do you get in that? Passionately, okay? Okay, driving, like pushing, forcing others' thoughts? Active. Actively, passionately, yeah. Um, this is a physiological term, and it means literally to stretch one's muscle. So think about a person who works out. They're working their mus- the, the muscles that they're working. If they work it like to the nth degree, like if uh, uh, these are the people that Connie, that Connie works with every day. <laughs> but but if, they, if they stretch that muscle and, and, and work that muscle till literally it, it, it's all pooped out, okay, it can't work any, anymore, uh, it's completely shot, you know, from the standpoint of, 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 of been worked through till, till um, being um, tired, um, I might say to the max, right, is, is that that's the idea of, of fervently. Um, like I said, we, we would we say go all out or work it to the max. Fervently, um, another word there is um, 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 like uh, uh, when you boil water, it, it, it rises, it, it's, it's like going like this, you know, really steam, you know, really almost moving into air. That, that's the same thing as fervently, fervently. Um, <clears throat> let's take a look at, um, let's take a look at Luke 22:44. Luke 22:44. Uh, this is in the garden, Gethsemane, as we were talking about earlier, where he was obedient. Luke twenty two forty four. Would somebody read that out loud? Okay. Um, New American says prayed more fervently, more earnestly, uh, in the way in which he prayed. It says this. He he, he took it to the max. He it says that he he um, um, beca- his sweat became like drops of blood falling down upon the ground. That's how how engaged he was in, in it. And 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 Peter's calling us to be engaged with one another in the same way, fervently. Sincerely, um, and we're to love from the heart. Uh, this really means that this love is an attitude which is compelled from within. It's an attitude compelled from within. We do so because we want, uh, because we want to, not because we have to. Because we want to, not because we have to. Um, and so, if we are thinking about like loving one another, and and it's a burden to us. It's a burden to, to love one another, then we're probably not loving from the heart. Not loving from the heart. Um, or we're doing it because we have to. Or because somehow it's supposed, we're supposed to. Like, you know, that, that's not the right motive. It's to please God and do it in a sincere way and do it fervently and have it come from the heart. You know, I, I love the way, you know, uh, Paul talks to the Corinthians about giving, you know. Is God's purposed in each one of you? Give from the heart what He has purposed in you. Um, same thing. So that's how we're loved: sincerely, fervently, and um, uh, uh, from the heart. Um, so let's take a look at why we are to love. Why we are to love? He says, "For you have been born again." So we are to love this way because it is consistent with our new life in Christ. Loving this way is consistent with our new life in Christ. First John. Uh, chapter 5, verses 1 and 2 says, Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and whoever loves the Father loves the child born of Him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and observe His commandments. So, um, as believers in Christ, we, are, uh, uh, we demonstrate our believing in Christ by loving one another. That's what he says. Um, he says, not of seed which is perishable, but imperishable. That is through the living and abiding word of God. So God uses the seed of the living and abiding eternal word of God in our new birth. James 1.18. James 1.18. Can somebody read that out loud for us? I love this verse. Thank you. He brought us forth by the word of truth. By the word of truth. So... It is the Word of God that brought us, uh, was the seed that brought us into believing that, and, and, uh, and we became uh, His children. Um, so it's not of seed perishable, but of imperishable. Um, and then all flesh is like grass, all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass, grass withers and the flower falls off, but the Word of the Lord bides forever. So all human life, be it, you know, um, 
uh, human or animal life or fish, whatever. All life if, that's created, if you would, is brief in this world. Um, but in Christ, just like God's Word, that's the, that's the comparison here in the text, just like God's Word is eternal, those who are spiritually reborn, okay, are eternal also. And the point here is that we're ministering to one another who are who have bonds in Christ that are thicker than blood, and that that ministry to one another is is going to have these eternal ramifications, just like the Word of God's going to last forever. We're, we will last forever, and the things we do with one another in in loving each other well. Those are going to last forever. According to God, God's Word, He says that those are the things, that are the rewards that He is going to see that you did these things well. Um, and so, He says at the end of, I think it's 25, right? And he says, and this is the Word which was preached to you. This Word that was preached to you here, He literally means the Gospel. Um, this Word is the message of the Gospel, or the good news uh, that we believed when we heard, heard it. Uh, uh, when we came to Christ, so this is the word. This is the good news that that he that we when we heard we believed, and and as a result, God purified our souls for loving one another. That's the connection. Okay, so let's talk about three conclusions here. So let me just state the, the beginning here. We have been created for something far greater than that which most of us are living for. I put myself in this in this in this camp. Um, we have been created for something far greater than that which most of us are living our lives for. Now, I just want to let that sink in for a second. Um, the first conclusion I've come to in in a lot of study now is this: we have been redeemed by the precious blood of Christ, so that we may learn how to exhibit a sincere love from the heart for our brothers and sisters in Christ. And here it is, especially in the context of trials especially in the context of trials. Now, you, you may not know about a trial that's going on in a person's life because you haven't built a relationship with them. Um, build relationships. Encourage that. That's the whole point. You can't help somebody if they don't, don't know about it. And that's a two-way street, isn't it? If you're going through trials and you're not willing to, um, to let other people know about that, so they can pray accordingly, come alongside one another, etc. Then, 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 shame on both of us, right? And 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 you may also be saying, like, well, I'm not equipped to do it. You have the love of God; you are equipped for it. Now, you may be able to get better at it, but God has given you the love of God to use with one another, and just follow His promptings. Because he will take you there, and and we're, we're going through some counseling stuff right now. I mean, these are great ways to like come alongside people and encourage them and and and, and, and exhort them to, to become to walk with God and to and to and to please God. Um, the second one here is if it is consistent with our imperishable new life. If it is to be consistent with our imperishable new life, we must fervently manifest selfless love to one another. What does that look like? Fervently manifest selfless love. Well, I don't know about you, but I, I've been totally convicted over the last few years that I, I have, have, for the most part, lived my life selfishly. And I need to figure out how to love well. And that's what I've been working on personally. And so how do I... I mean, glimpses of that come, have come up in my life that I've done that well. But I, holistically, I, don't, I, th- I think I'm selfish and, and I don't love well. Like I should, I don't really want to, and so that's a that's that's a journey God's got me on in the process here, um, and then and then as I look amongst our, our our body, like 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 who's who's in need, and how do I meet? How do I go and help and work with them directly and and encourage them along the way? Um, I, I need to get much better at that, um, and I'm trying to do that. Um, and the last one is this glorious. An undying love explodes, if you would, on the canvas of souls. Okay, it explodes on the canvas of souls, and it shines the brightest when it endures throughout and to the fullest extent in the trials of each other's lives. 
Okay? It shines the brightest to, to a watching world when it endures the entire length of time and to the fullest extent as we come alongside one another in, in trials. That's how it gets manifested to, to the max, let's say. To the max. Does that make sense? Yeah? Okay. So, um, so let's talk about these last two questions um, at the end of our time together here. Um, when, when I talk about the fact that we've been created for something much more in, in the page before, or uh, the, note, the point before, I, what, what I'm trying to say there is that God's got a kingdom that he has, and he is, he is, it's, it's his kingdom. And I think so many times we are living in our kingdoms. And our kingdoms are, are, are up against, in a major way, with huge conflicts about where this very point is, which is selfish versus selfless love. And um, as we think about our lives personally, like on a scale of 1 to 10, like where would you grade yourself in your in your ability to not know it's the right thing to do, but to actually love well the body of Christ. And, and why would you say that? And that's a very personal ask. I shared some of my own with you, where I'm at. Um, but but I, I, I believe that we never move forward in our lives unless we anchor on where we're at and agree and admit that that's where I'm at. And seek by God's incredible grace to move forward in that, in that place. And I'll suggest that our church is no bigger or greater than each individual that makes it up. So to the extent that we all would say we're at a three or a two or a four or whatever, then our church can't be any more than that. That makes sense to everybody? Um, I want you to share, think, think about for a second, I want you to really think deeply, okay? Think about a time in your life you were loved well in the midst of great trials. I want you to share that if you can. Yeah, go ahead. I have to leave this, and it'll make me cry. But Dale and I have a difficult journey financially. And, um, and our tires on our Jeep were well worn out. And two weeks ago, somebody came over to our house, and they don't really want to be known, but it was three families in our church. Came, one of the guys came over to our house and took our Jeep tires on it. Um, I was, we were loved well. Dale and I just sobbed about it and great load off of our minds. And um, I was amazed because it wasn't a little thing. We've gotten a printer from somebody else. And, and these things, you know, really worn out in the trial. But this kind of stuff happens. And you are just energized to go others well, too. And, you know, just God just pointing out the things he provides. You know, he shows his love by these people. And it just was funny, the journey we went on with, they said they'd been talking about this for three months and didn't know how to approach us on it. And, you know, it's difficult. It's difficult for my husband. Um, And uh, we were wowed and loved well through people audience. Things like that have happened time and time. Got a gift card from Dairy Queen. You know those little things. So much, and um, just spur you on. It spurs me on to want to do likewise. And I can't financially do likewise, but I can do a whole lot of other things Amen. for people. So Amen. That's um, and I got to run because I got to <laughs> set up for Father's Day. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Connie. Others. Well, you know, Mark, uh, I think it was about three years ago, actually, just a weekend or so ago, that you know, my wife uh, fell and, and broke her ankle, off her feet for quite a while. And, you know, we just experienced a lot of love from the church and meals and, you know, encouragement and all kinds of things that, you know, we were just overwhelmed through that difficult time where, you know, she couldn't do a whole lot. And and so it was, you know, it was very difficult on both of us because, as you know, she had to basically make her bedroom in our living room because, you know, she couldn't go up and down the stairs. So it was just, you know, a wonderful time for us to see how the church responded to that. I'll tell you one while you're thinking of your own here. Um, I I had been uh, teaching um, 
it was our fourth year of, of being married, and uh, I'd been teaching for three years in a private Christian school, and I couldn't make enough money there um, to continue as a breadwinner in our, our home. I, it was the fourth year, and I was going to gross $12,900. It was gross. No. <laughs> um, but uh, um, what uh, I, I, before I came to Motorola, uh, I was um, kind of out of work for close to a year looking and our church there we ne- we never asked for money we prayed and i made no money an entire year and yet the church gave us money on the side checks showed up in the mail things were it was an amazing thing um but it was the body of christ who did that you know others Wonderful last thing. Amen. Amen. You all have that in common. Others? Times you were loved well. I know that uh, I speak for my wife, but it's not this particular church, but yep. people that really used for her families that really. Blessing it has been that there's this love for them. They loved you sincerely, they loved you fervently, and they loved you from the heart. Others? I can remember when my mom, all those years ago, and he very Catholic, all those Catholic school children were there, and what a, a ministry. And then when Herb's dad passed away just a few months ago, the outpouring of people drove to Batavia to just support us and to show love. It was very... And it was a witness to his family as mm. well of non-believers. They just couldn't believe how many people from our church mm. came. Well, it certainly feels good when you're a recipient of that, doesn't it? I mean, it, it makes you feel like um, like God's loving you through those people. And uh, so in the same way, well, I just want to encourage us to really consider how, how we can leave lasting fingerprints in like in our legacy with in people's lives, how do you do that? You do it this way. You do it through love. When people are in the greatest hurting need, and that's when the, that's when Peter's saying, "Love well, love because it's it's befitting to you as in your new life in Christ. Um, love sincerely, love fervently, love from the heart, um, love in a way that's going to." Um, demonstrate the eternality of our relationships one to another because God God really cares and, and we are really literally um, demonstrating His love. Um, it's not our love. It's demonstrating His love which was poured out on us at salvation. Well, let's uh, close in prayer if we could. Um, Herb, could I ask you to pray? This is an important topic. Amen. Have a great day. Go love one another.